Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live. Welcome, everyone, to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy, and I'll be your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital, where we exist to help law firms grow using digital marketing, helping them uh, more cases and phone calls. Today, I'm joined with a special guest, actually someone I have ran into a few times before. Uh, We've actually been part of a business club together here in Virginia Beach. So I have a local guest today, and I'm excited to have Rich Garrett on the show. Thank you, Kevin. I'm glad to be here. I'm very excited. Yeah, again, we've ran into each other quite a few times. Uh, you were with a different firm at that point, and you have gone off on your own, started your own firm. And so that's what we're excited to learn more about, what that process was like, where you are at now. And for anyone out there that's thinking of going on their own, starting their own firm, hanging their own shingle, whatever you'd like to call it, committing suicide, you know, <laughs> there's different ways we can explain it. But uh, just excited to learn more about what you're doing and, and what that's been like. And so I'm excited about that. So First off, though, I'd like to ask you the most important question of the show, in my mind, is your story about yourself and what made you become an attorney and decide to go that path and kind of give us a little bit of that story and then up and, you know, the story that got you to where you are today, what that journey was like. Okay. Well, um, I'm uh, one of the few, I think, uh, true natives of Virginia Beach. I was uh, born and raised here, went to high school uh, here in Virginia Beach, uh, mainly come from a family of, of engineers and land surveyors. Uh, but I think I have a uh, recessive gene in our family that uh, I can't do math. So uh, that was uh, out of the question. And I've always been interested in the law, even from uh, the time I was in, uh, in high school here. While I was in college and then I went to graduate school, I thought about going on and teaching at the collegiate level and then decided that two years at a master's uh, program at Ball State University in Indiana convinced me that I did not want to stay in the Midwest in the wintertime and decided to come home. So uh, on a on a limb, uh, just last minute decision, I signed up about 48 hours before they were offering the LSATs, took the LSATs, did well, applied to schools in Virginia, and uh, went back to the University of Richmond where I got my undergrad and haven't looked back since. I came out, uh, came back home, practiced law with uh, an old Norfolk firm for a while, doing mainly business litigation and workers' compensation defense litigation. Okay. Always did a little bit of guardian ad litem work. A guardian ad litem is a lawyer that represents children in custody cases, in abuse cases, that sort of thing. Started out just kind of as a aside and that began to build and I started doing an occasional custody case and then an occasional divorce case and frankly found that I liked representing people rather than insurance companies. So <laughs> practice really, I never expected I would be a, a family lawyer, but my practice kind of developed into that, was with uh, that firm for about 15 years and then switched over and went to another large firm, a larger firm, about 50 lawyers here in Virginia Beach that was a multi-practice firm and was there for about 12 years. And then last year, uh, now now year before last, and in 2020, during the pandemic, my partner Pat Maurer and I decided to leave and start our own firm. People thought we were insane that in the middle of a pandemic, we were gonna try to start a new business. But then we opened up Garriott Maurer a year ago on New Year's Day, uh, opened our firm here in Virginia Beach. Uh, We've got four lawyers. 
Excellent. Pat Maurer, my, myself, Jennifer Fischetti, and Naveed Kalantar, and we exclusively do family law. I think one of the things that uh, people have asked me, how's it gone the first year? And I said, it's been the best, best decision I've ever made. It's been great. I mean, you know, people talk about what a chore it is to run your own law firm, but it has just been, I don't know if we just had a lengthy honeymoon phase, <laughs> but it's been very rewarding for the first year and almost wish I had done it you know, many years ago. I think a lot of things held me up uh, about pretty daunting. If you're uh, in a firm and you're thinking about going out on your own, there are a lot of things that you got to think about on the administrative side, you know, insurance, Oh, yeah. Making sure you've got your professional liability insurance, making sure you've got workers' comp, taxes, all of that. Payroll. Um, hey, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, it turned out to be, you know, with the, the software that's available today and the other, you know, companies that can handle payroll and that sort of thing, it has really been a, it was a much easier transition than I thought of. That's excellent. And so everyone listening, um, is, uh, Gary at uh, Marr, is that how you Mauer. say Mauer. Uh-huh. Garrett Mauer, and that's G-A-R-R-I-O-T-T-M-A-U-R-E-R.com if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, but go take a look, navigate to the site, see what they're all about, and you know, just get a closer look at, at what they're up to. So, you know, a couple of things you mentioned there. One, you moved away from the Midwest, and tomorrow it's going to snow. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, which is odd for us here in Virginia, once a year maybe. Another thing is uh, you mentioned uh, people thought you were insane. Well, you you have to be insane to start your own business. But I think that's kind of what it takes. You have to be willing to take a chance. And the rewards are great. Now, of course, it's challenging. It's not always easy, uh, but that's just part of it. So uh, same way I, w- I wish I would have done it even sooner than I did it. And I was pretty young when I did my own business. But best way to learn, jump both feet and and uh, you start learning real quick. <laughs> yeah, you do. You really do. And and, but it's, uh, I think, like you said, it's like anything else in life. You, it's a lot of responsibility, but with it comes uh, a lot of freedom. And you know, frankly, I've got the hardest boss I've ever had in my life, and that's me. <laughs> we'll see your wife. Then, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to say that on the podcast. So uh, I, I want to. Do you make any money today? Uh, <laughs> no, I spent more. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, I actually, I've recommended this book on this here a few times, but uh, we have a on our newsletter for anyone listening or for you, Rich, is uh, we have a newsletter we send every week and we recommend books and we have a lot of attorneys that have written their own books, mostly to help run law firms, which is, mm-hmm. and this one actually can't teach Hungary. John Morgan, Morgan and Morgan is a big PI firm, but a pretty good book on how to run a law firm very successfully, which I'm actually reading myself. I don't own a law firm, but our clients are law firms. So um but I think anyone can read this that owns a business and it'd be helpful. So I'm happy to look, share that with you when I see you next, if you want. No, that'd be great. I, um, I think that uh, one of the things I've done this year more, or at least last year, I should keep saying this year, is I've read more books on managing law firms, you mm-hmm. know, how to streamline and uh, be more productive and efficient in your law practice, uh, use of technology, you know, things that for years I just relied on the whatever the firm was doing, whatever their culture was. So that it's been a real, real education for me. That's excellent. Um, for anyone listening, is there a particular book you would pick that you could recommend someone starting their own? And also you mentioned some software. 
I think it's always nice if we can share some takeaways. People go, oh, I'm going to check that out. So what, what's a book that you would recommend? Well, there's a, a book that it's pretty, ABA puts out. It's, it's basically, you know, how to start your family law practice and manage your family law practice. I should have had it right here. It's the, no, um, <laughs> I've actually given it to one of my other attorneys to read, but it's a lawyer out of Mississippi that's been doing it for years and basically takes you step by step. A little dated. I mean, it's, a lot of it is... Uh, I've used a lot of his forms and, and checklists nice. that now you can really do, uh, you know, with practice management software takes care of a lot of that, but it really gives you some good guidance on, you know, how to, how to really change the process. You know, lawyers are, are interesting because we're, we're not business people, uh, we're professionals. <laughs> and I think there's a, there's a, a reluctance on a lot of lawyers to look at our clients and cases like a project. I mean, you know, you're, you're an engineer, you're an accountant and you get a job that comes in, there's a specific goal for that project. And they work through, work through all the process of how are we going to get from point A to point B? I think a lot of lawyers come in and it's okay, here's the case. Let's file this. Let's do our discovery. And they just kind of muddle through the process, get it done. But I found through some of the different research I've done over the past year that the more you treat each client in each case as a project and set it up with, okay, here's the beginning, here's what our goals are, let's let the client know what their expectations are, what our expectations are. And it's a lot easier to keep the client, to keep the client's expectations reasonable and to keep the client informed about what's going on in yeah. their case. The biggest complaint I get, and when I was uh, president of the Virginia Bar Association, you know, we would get and we talked about you know, professionalism and that sort of thing is clients saying, I never hear from my lawyer until we get to court. I've and, heard that over and over again on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and my goal is to make sure that the client knows what we're doing, because basically we're shepherding them through the process. I mean, they, they're the ones that have have a situation, they've got a problem, they've come to us to either help them solve the problem or help them mitigate the damage that, that they've got with that problem. Uh, and I've found that the more you can set up a process, a timeline, a template, the better it is and the easier it is to keep the client informed as to what's going on. And even if the outcome is not the best for the client, yeah. I found that the client say, okay, you did the best you could. I knew what was going on. You told me ahead of time what to expect. A hundred percent. And that's a huge tip. I think for everyone is communication, having a process. And if you lay that out too, with the timelines or process for what you're going to do for the client, they're less likely to call you every day and go, what's going on? Uh, I don't know what's going on. They, you've told them, here's what the process is. I, a good experience I would think I have, um, for one, it's very frustrating with any sales process or interaction with someone that you're just like, I have no clue what's going on. I, they haven't called me back. But uh, like mortgage, so refinance or uh, new homes I've, I've done recently, it's a company called Cap Center. They're actually based here in Richmond and in Virginia Beach too. But they have this awesome process and they send out emails and it's like a checklist. Like we're here. Now we're done with this. We need something from you. You need something from us. It's just, they've done a great job at that process. And I think, you know, I hear that a lot too with attorneys is, you know, the biggest thing is that the clients aren't really sure what's going on, you know? So. Well, I, I, I kind of laughed, you know, I've 
told us about I hired a contractor to do something at the house and you know signed the contract, gave the deposit. And I said, Well, it's a classic contractor. I'm not gonna hear for him from a month. <laughs> and then Were you surprised? And, no, I wasn't. You know, but, but that, that's one of the things we try to avoid, you know, with the clients because we have clients that come in who have been with other attorneys and they say, Well, I never heard. You know, I, yeah. I don't know where my money went. I don't know, you know, and so our goal is to make sure there's always open communication and really try to make the process as painless as possible for the client, you know, to make sure that they know that we're here as we're collecting their information. You know, we're not just handing them, you know, a 30 page packet of questionnaires. You know, we're saying, okay, we need to get you, we need this information, but kind of assisting them to get that information to us so we can use it and make it easier for the client. Excellent. Love that. And just another quick tip, I think here, if you're starting a new firm, you know, to have a process in place and, and have that going into it, because I think everyone has good intentions and then you get a bunch of clients, a bunch of cases, and then now you have chaos because you never had a process in place. One, two, three clients, you're like, oh, we're going to take care of them like they're the best clients in the world because of the few clients you have. But once you get busy, that's when things start to slide and and then you really never had a process in place. It's hard to go retroactive and and sit your team down and say, hey, we have to have a whole new process. So That's it's correct. harder to do later. I'll tell you that because I've been through that <laughs> myself. And what we did this year, I mean, we kind of set up some expectations for inside the firm on how we were going to transfer. Because luckily, I mean, we brought a significant amount of work with us when we, okay. when we moved over. You know, we had process set up, but in November, we sat down did an entire, you know, mini firm retreat right here in the office, staff, Love it. all the attorneys, everybody. And we kind of went over, you know, this is how, what's been working. This is what we need to improve. This is what we might be able to do differently going forward in 2022. And you know, we have a, we've already set up, we're supposed to have tomorrow afternoon an all attorneys meeting to kind of look at the goals for this year. We'll, we'll see if that happens. You can get snow sledding together. <laughs> <laughs> but, and so in this book, uh, Can't Teach Hungry, it actually lays out all the meetings you should have with your staff and attorneys through the year. And it's got some really good stuff in there, but what you just said, the little retreats, the partners meetings, and, and there's some other stuff in there too, but Traction's another good book. I always recommend that, but lays out those meetings that you can implement on a weekly basis, monthly basis, quarterly, and, and annual. I mean, I think those are important to kind of see, hey, we said we're going to do this. Where are we? And where are we falling short here? And it's hard for lawyers to take the time to do that. <laughs> because we are so ingrained on, I have, you know, I've got, there are 24 hours in a day. I've got between eight and 12 hours that is billable time, especially if you're in a, uh, an hourly billable practice yeah. and you get even before, you know, starting our own firm. And even here you get some pushback saying, I'm not billing for this time. I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. what it, and really take some explanation to say, this is just as productive as working on the cases. And because it's going to, you're basically paying it forward. I mean, it, yeah. it's, you're setting those expectations internally are going to bring you the dividends later on, rather than just continuing to just churn out bill on files and work on the client's uh, issues. Taking that time out, I think makes you a better lawyer, makes you more productive and allows you to service the clients better. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I love that. And I agree. And I think if everyone's just got their head down, siloed, going in their direction, and we never stopped to go, all right, what are, what are we doing? And are we going the right directions here? Let's reset, let's talk, and then back to work. 
makes a lot of sense. And yeah, you don't want to cloud, you know, clutter your attorneys up with just random meetings that are that go nowhere. Yeah. So you got to be careful about with that. And I think I honestly, for my firm, we need to do a little bit better job of just when we have them and arranging those. Mm-hmm. But but it's hard when you got a lot. I got twenty some people, so it's hard to find the time to schedule some folks and get them all in one place. Yeah, we're easy now because we've got six. We've got six people in the firm, four lawyers, two staff members. So it makes it easy. I think as time goes on, you know, as we start to grow, you know, it's going to be. And that's why I think it's so important to set the expectations now. Yes. If you do get bigger, it's part of the culture. Another thing in the book uh, this, this guy, John Morgan, recommends is, yeah, those those meetings are set and you don't miss them unless, you know, but and all the assist, any assistance or anyone that's setting meetings for the attorneys knows not to set up anything during mm-hmm. those times. And it's just built in. That way, if you, you're at 20 attorneys, there's no question about, hey, should I be at that meeting or not? Like, yeah, you're, it's on your calendar. You're going to be there. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. So, all right, let's go on some different topics. I want to cover kind of, now you've, you're a, a year in, is a little bit more than a year? Just over a year. We, okay. um, you know, our over under was six months. And so we we're on the over. <laughs> nice. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, so I know it's a little soon, but, and I know you brought some clients over, you probably got a lot of good referrals. You've been doing this a long time, but outside of referrals, I know you have the website. What have you done any marketing, any kind of outbound, anything that's generated any traction for you at this point, or just new things maybe that you're, you have plans for this year from a marketing and advertising perspective? Well, I think the majority of our outbound marketing has, has been pretty much, we've handled everything pretty much in-house so far. And it's been really the effort we've had this year is just trying to get content out on the web, just any type of you know content. And that's been semi-successful. I mean, the, the biggest issue is, like I said, it's it's getting, you know, myself included, the lawyers to say, okay, I'm going to now take time off to do non-client work to, to put together a small article or a blurb. But that's been mainly, you know, are putting content out on our Facebook page, on our LinkedIn page, our personal LinkedIn pages, that sort of thing. Um, As far as, you know, advertising or, you know, things like that, we really haven't looked at that at this point. Our kind of early on right now, our marketing strategy is really quality over quantity. We're a small firm. We do a lot of uh, complex divorce issues, business valuations, high conflict custody cases. And, you know, I think over just my practice over 25 years, I've found that, you know, you really, you know, as, as much as the client is vetting their potential lawyers, the lawyer is also vetting the client, the potential client. And, you know, that's kind of been our mantra. As, as far as this year, I won't know till tomorrow afternoon because we're going to discuss it. It's on, it's on the agenda for our meeting tomorrow afternoon. Well, so. Get you back on the show after this. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I'd love to come back. So, well, that's, um, yeah. And I think that's, I think what you just said there is very important and hard for most people to do is to be selective with your clients. And we, do that. We try to do that. Sometimes I feel like we have some clients come through the door where, you know, we're like, you know, we, we want to bring this client on, but you know, are they the perfect fit all the mm-hmm. time? But I think it's good when you can be in a place where you say, Hey, we don't, not a fit. 
or we need to let a client go, hey, uh, this has been great, but you know, you're not a fit or we're, yeah. we're not a fit for you, right? In a nice way. But it's just powerful when you can do that. It took me years and years to ever get to the point where I would turn down business. <laughs> it's so difficult to do because, you know, I'm sure the majority of people listening to the podcast are, are just like, I know myself and I'm assuming you, I mean, I'm paying a lot of tuition <laughs> and, and you know, you've got expenses, you're taking care of your family and it's very difficult to say, no, I'm not going to take this business you know, because, but I found in the years I've been doing this, the times I have tried to nicely not take a client and they've come and they've hired me and I've taken the case it has been extremely difficult and I've been unsatisfied and the client ultimately is normally unsatisfied because yeah, in my niche, uh, those types of clients are not going to be happy with anybody they hire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's a, I think that's very important. And I think again, very difficult to do, especially if you're starting your own firm. So, but you know, I think, Maybe you start out by taking what you can get and some referrals, but you got to start working towards, hey, what are we really in this for? Who can we really help? Who's yep. the ideal fit? And, and start working towards that if you can. So yeah, difficult thing to do though. So, all right, well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think what you guys are doing with the content, I mean, a year in website looks great. You got content going out. It's difficult to get attorneys to write anything. Trust me. Yes, it is. And because sometimes we, we work with our clients. So sometimes they write, we write, they hire us to write, but it's still, it's like pulling teeth when we, when they want to contribute, but, but it sounds like you guys are on the right track and you're, you're moving forward and you're doing some of the right things. You're investing in some of the, you know, you know, social media and things like that. Local, you know, LinkedIn, your personal profiles, I think are strong company ones don't usually do very well, but yeah, they want to know you, right. And connect yeah. with you. And I think those work best. What are now, I know you're having a meeting tomorrow, so maybe this question's not as well, but what are your plans for growth? Do you have any major milestones, second office, certain amount of attorneys, maybe a certain structure mix? Uh, what's some of the goals you have? I think right now, you know, in our discussions is we're, we're looking at kind of as far as size of, of office and, and staff right now, we're kind of holding the line on that probably at least for another year. Uh, we want to get at least two years in. I think right now we're looking at probably three to, by year three or four, I think we're going to be looking at a, a larger office, probably expand some staff before we add some uh, other attorneys. But frankly, right now we've got, out of the four of us, the least experienced of the attorneys has, you know, 10 years of practice. Uh, so, you know, we are at a position where, you know, nice I would place. think in the next 18 months, we might start looking at trying to bring in some younger attorneys. And as those, as the younger attorneys here, as their business uh, model starts expanding, we're going to need to get some, some additional folks in. But right now um, it's kind of, we're focusing on fine-tuning our internal processes, making sure that uh, we can give the best service possible to the clients. And then after that, start looking at expanding. I've seen in the 25 years I've been doing this, Kevin, I've seen many law firms expand incredibly fast and about 80% of the time they implode. And so we're going to, uh, <laughs> our mantra is slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> Tortoise. That's right. I think that's great. And I think it's important. And I think that's wise to do. You've already done a lot in one year. So to kind of recap, improve and get prepared to scale. Mm -hmm. that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause yeah, one, like I said, once you get a bunch of people, 
and you're trying to like change things. I know for me and my business partner, we got 20 some people is, you know, we get a lot of pushback. Hey, me and my partner, we come up with all these crazy ideas, you know, and everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, the people, the technicians right on the ground and yeah. the front lines are like, wait a minute, you know, you guys got to slow down here. We need some process in place where that's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Very wise. So everyone listening, if you're starting to firm, a lot of good tips here, I think that Rich has to share. Slow and steady process. Take care of your clients. Communication is key. Be selective if you can with which clients you take on. And I think this is a good exercise too. Like who is your ideal client? Like what do they look like? What are they, how they act? What kind of case, you know, as much as you would know about them and be on the lookout for those, those folks and connect with those folks. So yeah, all good stuff. Well, Rich, anything else you'd like to share? Anything else you're working on we um, should know about? I think the only other project I'm working on, another non-billable um, issue is I'm, I'm a member of the Virginia Commission on the Needs of Children. We've got a continual legal education coming up in March, and I'll be working on a panel and working on an article to go with that on how to utilize um, expert witnesses in custody cases uh, that involve adverse childhood experiences. So uh, oh, we're working on that right now. And... We're just plugging along other than that. And, you know, like I said, uh, the only other project I've got going is to go uh, go meet the riot at the grocery store since everybody panics in Virginia Beach when it's going to snow. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be joining you here in a minute. That's once right. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to get some snow today. Um, obviously, by the time you hear this episode, it may be getting warm out. But either way, that's what we're dealing with right now. But, Rich, thanks so much for coming on and sharing all this with us. You've done a lot in one year. You got the experience. But I think you've done a lot of good things to start in the right way and take care of those things before you, you do grow. And so kudos to you on that. And I think it's just a lot of good tips here if anyone's trying to start their own firm for sure. Website address is below again on your screen. Go check out his firm. Connect with Rich. Rich, is there any other way if someone local attorney or potential employee or maybe just a, another fellow attorney across the country, if they wanted to connect with you, is there another way they could reach out? Yeah, I would say uh, the best way is by email, uh, which is rgarriott at garriottmauer.com. And then there, anybody can welcome to, to call us at 757-530-9595. And I'll talk to anybody like helping lawyers. I spent a lot of time involved with uh, different bar associations trying to, you know, improve my practice and also help other lawyers improve theirs. So I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure everyone else will as well. All right. For everyone listening this episode and, and others, we have 170 plus, I think, on the site at the time of this recording. So quite a few. You can go to raylaw.com forward slash podcast. We also have a way to filter. So if you want to hear attorneys that are in your practice area or state, we have uh, two filters, one location and one practice area. So if you're a family attorney as well, you want to hear a bunch of other family attorneys talk about their business, you can filter by that. So there's tons of these interviews. Hope you can learn from And then we have the newsletter as well. Uh, which we compile a lot of this cool stuff and tips and marketing tactics from us, recommend books. So if you're interested in a newsletter, you can also sign up for that on our website. And then obviously you need any help marketing, advertising, growing your following, getting in front of more clients. That's what we do. You go to raylaw.com. Uh, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn or any other platform. I'll respond and answer any questions you might have. So that's all we got. Rich, anything else? No, it's been great. I've, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, Ever want me back? I'm here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, definitely have to catch up soon. And since we are right down the street from each other and uh, we'll go to lunch, do something like that. But everyone else, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back soon. 
And uh, Rich, appreciate it. We'll say bye to everyone. I'm Rich, you stand with me. We'll talk a little bit backstage. All right. Have a great day. We'll see you guys soon. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully, you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.